You're listening to the Marginally Geeky Show, the Epically Geeky Book Club. Hello, and welcome to the Marginally Geeky Show. I'm your host for the evening, Eugene Stevens. Tonight's episode number 61, uh, we are reading Infinite by Jeremy Robinson. Uh, tonight I'm joined by Ray and Sean, and this is not a coincidence or an accident why it is these two gentlemen. Uh, and that's specifically because of the book we read. How are you guys doing? Pretty good. <laughs> Any better, I'd be illegal. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> in this uh, session of our round robin reading, uh, this was my pick. Um, I honestly was not sure what I was originally going to pick. I think originally I was going to continue us on the um, uh, Solar Clipper series. And uh, we actually, I think that's our next book, is a, a, or maybe not. I'll have to look. Um, I know we're reading at least the next one, uh, either next month or a month after. And I was like, oh, we'll just forward it ahead a little bit more, and I'll go ahead and, and, and pick another one of the books. And Audible had been recommending this book to me for quite a while. And I was like, oh, I've read something different I, I you know got the credit and, and and got the book and went through it and just was like had my mind blown and was just like this <laughs> we'll get into it but i was like okay no i need to know what sean and ray think about this because i have to be able to talk about this book with someone else <laughs> so um quick impression uh i did enjoy the book i have listened to it at least twice now um it is interesting <laughs> there's a lot happening to it. Um, but yeah, I did find the book enjoyable. Um, it, it's, it is what I would consider a true roller coaster because it just, it just keeps going. Like every time you turn around, something else is happening and it's just like, I've got to find, like I had a hard time, you know, pausing it to do something else because I was like, I've got to find out what happens next because this can't get any, no, it just got crazier. So, <laughs> uh, Ray, initial thoughts. Um, I don't think it's going to make my rotation. Understandable. Uh, it, it was it was an interesting read, uh, but yeah, I don't think it's going to make my rotation of like Bobbers and all the other things that that we got going on. Uh, maybe you know like a Skippy book, but <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but yeah, the, this one it was it was a once read and okay, I've, I've got it and we'll go from there. Yeah, that's a good point. I don't know if this will. This will probably be like one of those things that I've already gone through. The other, some of the other things are like, I'm just kind of mix it up and throw something in there. So, uh, but no, it's definitely not. It's definitely not. I have to do. I have to read this one every year or every so often. So, Sean, um, I enjoyed it. Um, I just I have a hard time with the pacing of the book. I found it a bit. It's choppy. It is not one of his smoother books. Mm-hmm. Um. It just seemed to be all over the map, and the whole book is like that. It's not yes. just like chunks. It's the whole friggin' thing, and after a while, it's okay. What's next? What's next? So I, the concept was pretty good, well, some of them, but uh, <laughs> if you're a Jeremy Robinson fan, it was. It wasn't one of his top books. It was still it was still entertaining. So what's interesting is you, you say this is not one of his top books. Number one, I have not read any of his other stuff. It was funny when I started describing this book to you, you were like, Oh yeah, I've read some of his other stuff. And I was like, Okay, this is his other books like a roller coaster? And you were like, No, not really. They, actually the biggest difference I found with this one and his other books is the pace. Mm-hmm. Um, like he just kept Seem to be like throwing stuff at a wall and seeing what would stick right. the whole time. Where other their uh, his other books tend to have a very logical progression. Like it's still like stuff that pops up at you and all that, but it mm-hmm. it wasn't like pulling stuff out of left field and then oh yeah that's what it is now and kind of thing. And that's what this book really felt like. It was like okay. What can I think of now? Oh yeah, that's in the book. It's like, no, dude. The reason I the reason I said that is because apparently this is one of his more successful books. Like he he apparently made a mint off of this book. Uh, it was it was wildly successful. Um, uh, at the end of the second book, there's a short interview with it, and he he's talking about that. He's like, when people initially asked, would I? Okay, so real quick on this book, 
Um, he apparently is suffering from. Let me write this down. Um, uh, Bartonella, uh. which is also known as cat scratch fever. It is transmitted through fleas, and um, he has a bunch of mental pain and a bunch of um, physical pain from this. He's on a crap ton of medication and stuff. And when he wrote this book, he literally was going through this stuff. He was um, in the middle of depression. Uh, he was having panic attacks. I don't know if he was quite suicidal, but it kind of rings like he may have been like the pain was enough that he was contemplating things. Um, so he was asking, you know, would you would you go through that again to have another book that is that successful? And he's just like, hell no. Um, and he said the only reason he wrote a sequel to this book is because he realized he's like, it doesn't have to be the same thing. I can continue the story and I don't need to go through the same mental and physical anguish to, 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 to put something out. Um, but so that's why one of the reasons I, was, I found it interesting, because like I said, I have not read any of his other books. So I was wondering, because he was going through this mental and, and physical pain, uh, do you, do you feel like that really influenced the writing on the book and that may be where the, the choppiness kind of comes from. So, well, I was going to ask, is it, is it potential? Like, is there a potential? I don't know. I, I've never read any of his other stuff. Is there a potential that he'd intentionally knowing the end of this book, did he intentionally did do it as if he was throwing shit at the wall to see what would stick? Cause that's what something would do in order to see if right. Knowing Knowing the AI does what it does, mm-hmm. it kind of sounds like that's what an AI would do. Like, fuck, well, I don't know. Is this going to work? Is this going to work? Is this going to work? I don't know. It may be. That may have been part of the writing because, yeah. like I said, he's on a crap ton of medication and stuff, he said. Uh, and it may be one of those things that was like, well, you know, let's try this to see if it gets better. Let's try this if it seems to get better. And so. Yeah. Um, yeah, so so that was the that you know that was kind of what you know a dream. Oh, one other quick thing, just another quick note, and I didn't even realize it until I fired up the book to start listening to it. Um, uh, it is it is read by R.C. Bray. Yeah, that threw me. Who is oh also <laughs> the narrator for the series that we're kind of going through? We haven't introduced to the show yet the um um the uh, Expeditionary Force series. Um, and there are times where I hear a little skippy. Or, uh, you yeah. know, some of the other characters kind of kind of flow in. I, it's not as to me, it's not as pronounced. It doesn't it, it didn't it didn't mess with me as much as like some of the other book series that we've read where the, the narrator is the same person. It's like that's clearly so and so from this other. <laughs> series. Yeah, yeah. So. I was going to say it, it, it felt similar, but um, I, I definitely I, listening to the Skippy books after this one. Mm-hmm. It doesn't bother me. Yeah. So. All right. Um, well, let's go ahead and get into the book. So we have moved away from in this doing this show. We've moved away from kind of going blow by blow through the book, you know, taking notes and you know making sure we hit every single topic. We're not going to like take a huge amount of time doing this, but uh, because of the way this book is, I actually had a quick conversation with the guys before the book, and um, there's a final. I don't want to say if you'd call it a twist, but realization in the book. And I just wanted them, as we're going through it, to just say, this is when this is when I got it. So um, and if you obviously if you have not read this book, don't stop listening now. Um, I'll give you the quick kind of rundown of the book to see if you're interested in it. Um, But so, okay, so in this story, (laughs) our main character, Will, wakes up. He's on a spaceship that has been built by. Earth and Mars, it is set in distant future, uh, Earth and Mars, and both of the societies are collapsing, so they have sent this ship off to a uh, to colonize with uh, some of the, the best and brightest people, and he wakes up. He's been in cryosleep for like 10 years. He wakes up, and <laughs> the guy who's supposed to be his kind of subordinate, his backup or whatever, stabs him with a screwdriver, and he dies. <laughs> Literally, that's like that's the first chapter. Like, (laughs) um, and then the rest of the book is him going like he has he figures out that they've done stuff to his body and he's essentially immortal. Um, and that, uh, he just keeps going through stuff over and over again. So, if that seems kind of intriguing, like I said, stop. If not, it 
buckle up. Here we go. Uh, <laughs> so uh, what were your thoughts really when that first happened? Like, I mean, I, I really thought it was going to, when that first happened, I thought, okay, so the rest of this book is going to be what happens leading up to this point. Like it's going to be maybe, you know, what he did to get onto this, you know, to get onto the ship or whatever, or maybe some other stuff happened, you know, on the ship or whatever. And then maybe the last couple of chapters going to be, I didn't really die. I was, I managed to, you know, survive or whatever. The machines helped me back together. And that was not what happened. Literally. He's like, no, I died. I, I, I was dead. And then he pulled out the screwdriver and I died again. <laughs> Chapter two, I died again. Uh, so, um, at this point I'm already like, okay, so this is not going to be hard science fiction. This is not going to be, um, figuring out what this, this, you know, the, the science of what it's going to be like to go to this other, uh, um, planet and colonize and, and stuff like this. This is, He's immortal, so I, I don't know how. If granted, we have the technology apparently to create an FTL ship. Uh, apparently, we can also make people immortal. Why didn't we make more people immortal? Um, it was a genetic thing. They, yeah, they couldn't do it with everybody. True. It was just a genetic thing. So thank you, Harlan. All the science in this book. He's like. This seems like a good idea, and then slap a whole bunch of Vaseline on top of it to fuzz it up for every bit of science in this book. Yes. So. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> like it, right down to the like programming and stuff like that, the coding. Oh yeah. Yeah. But, yeah it's like, yeah, this is a really good idea, but we can't look too hard on it, so let's gloss it over. <laughs> and that's kind of interesting because that's the entire like, that was kind of when the the um the key factors to the book is so that we don't ever want to look at anything yep. too hard. It's like, okay, now you're, you're, you're kind of, you're kind of peeking back behind the curtain. What's that over there? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, uh, don't look behind, don't look behind the curtain, you know, never mind the man, man behind the curtain. So our main characters will, uh, will pulls the screwdriver out. He gets his shit together. Kind of, he goes through the, he goes through the ship and he finds that, um, Tom, his, his his backup or whatever is the one who's killed him. He's gone insane. He's talking to himself. Um, he ends up fighting Tom and kills Tom with with the screwdriver. Um, and as he's trying to get Tom, he's like, you know what? I'm gonna th- asshole. I'm throwing you out of the ship. So even though he's going faster than light, he's decided he's gonna try to eject Tom out of the airlock or whatever. And they run across another. They run across another survivor and in the struggle for that, like the screwdriver ends up killing the other guy as well. Um, which I'm like, man, this has gotta be a long screwdriver. Like <laughs> this is one of those ones that like your dad gave you that like you used to work on the car with. This is not the one you, you, you bought at Lowe's or whatever to just, you know, for how, you know, well, and they also say that the screwdriver is ornamental cause they don't actually use screwdrivers. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so Will's a te- Will and Tom are both tech jocks. Basically, they're the the coders. They're the, they're the computer guys. They're the tech guys for for this mission or whatever. And the way that they code is they put on they go they put on this bodysuit and they go into this room that essentially you can you know move 360 around and stuff. And instead of which is kind of odd, instead of interfacing directly to the computer like through your mind, like they actually are like moving stuff around with their hands or whatever. And apparently that's more whatever uh it's better than yeah um so anyway so we we kill tom um he figured out you know uh he decides he's not going to do this he also he goes back through and he's trying to figure out okay well what the hell happened here and he finds out tom has he uh woke himself up early he uh the the girl that he that will is supposed to be with uh capria he ends up waking her up and they get they have a little rendezvous oh, wow. and she goes back into sleep and he changes the genetic pairings so that it's actually going to be Tom and, and Capria Capria. And um, right before he goes back to sleep, he's like, you know what? No, screw this. I'm just going to stay awake. And during that time, he went batshit crazy. Um, and he also is apparently the super hacker that, you know, uh, uh hacking was was dangerous or whatever and he apparently was a super hacker named uh, synergy and he disguised all this because he wanted on the ship and i'm like okay that's that's an interesting twist um 
but he can't he can't break he can't break Tom's encryption and everything. He he's looked into it. Tom's got the ship fucking locked down. He can't uh, he can't change course. That's the thing is he was like, well, maybe I can go back to maybe I can go back because some of the people were left at the the. Um, yeah, he points right. out that he's not the yeah. only one that is is immortal. And, That's true. Yes. Yeah. Um, and some of the people were left at the at, at the location they were supposed to be at. They were at the planet, and he's like, "Well, maybe we can turn around and go back there." And but unfortunately, he doesn't have control of the ship. Um, let's see here. Um, so he can't change course. Uh, so at this point, he decides, "Well, I can't do anything about this. I'm going to create an AI and basically see if I can get it to." create a reality that i'm okay with because i really can't do anything and apparently i'm going to live forever so might as well live forever in a simulation that is cool and and something that i would enjoy then instead of basically being on the ship forever by myself so um he does find that capria is still alive she's in her she's in the the, the cryo you know the, the, the cryo sleep or whatever yeah um uh, and he can't, decides not to wake her up. Yeah, can't bring himself to bring, wake her up. Yeah. Uh, one, because how horrible would that be uh, to wake her up to? And then the other part was, well, you know. She's she, pissed at her. He's pissed. And, yeah, like he, she fucked around with the whole mission and everything. And I don't blame him for that. I kind of yeah. come from. So. Her and Tom were like, no, we're going to do our own thing. And then you ended up po- probably dooming, you know, the, the human whole- species. So. Yeah. Um, so let's see. So he creates this. He creates this AI. He calls it Gal, uh, shortening the name of the spaceship's name to from Galahan to Gal. Um, and he's all ready. He suits up. He starts get you know he starts getting ready. And he's literally like, okay, I've got a code word that's gonna let me out in case something happens or whatever. Oh, I forgot what the word was. Something weird. Oh yeah, yeah, I can't remember. Yeah, something that you would never, you would never use in in day to day speech, he, and literally, from, he deletes that as well from yeah, so that yeah. nobody can say it by accident inside the the simulation. Yeah, yeah, um, and so he's ready to go. So right as he's getting in, he's like, all right, you know, gal, you ready? She's like, okay, and he puts on the thing, and she's like, all right, Tom, and he like was like, why did you say Tom? And then rips everything off. And she's just like, you know, um, I did. I, I didn't say that. And she, yeah, you, you did. You, you said, why did you say Tom? And he figures out that, oh, not only did Tom lock down the ship, Tom has probably infected everything with his bullshit coding and has probably turned, you know, even though I'm a pretty good hacker, this guy obviously is, is, was miles and miles beyond me. Um, and this may not be safe. Like, you know, uh, Gal's supposed to be here for me, and I'm almost worried Gal's going to try to kill me or not really kill him. It's kind of hard. Like, apparently you can be killed, but it's going to take a lot. So it's probably just going to be torture for the rest of eternity, um, where I guess the name Infinite comes from. Um, so he ends up trying to get out. Like, he has to really work to even get out of the um, the simulation room. And then he has to start fighting fucking drones like the drones are coming after him. Um, and so he ends up getting back to where his, like back to his, um, I guess, his quarters, essentially. And there are a few more sentimental things there, including a baseball bat. And so he manages to um, kind of fight his way out. Um, oh, go on. What were you going to say, Ray? I just, I'm trying to picture him with a Louis, Louisville slugger like this. this right. This bat and he's like hitting drones out of the air. Out of the air, yeah. And I'm like, oh, okay, this is <laughs> sure. That's gonna I, work. I thought it was funny because he he basically he he makes Galahan the the ship able to talking through like how to get like to close doors and stuff. That's the only way he's gonna be able to kind of move around the ship or whatever. And um, he's doing it through an old tablet that he has. And he was like, yeah, people stopped using these before because apparently they altered your brain, your brain chemistry and they were addictive and we stopped using, I just thought it was hilarious that he kind of threw that in there. I'm sure, I'm sure, uh, our author is probably not the biggest fan of, uh, cell phones and, uh, tablets. Doesn't appear to be. No, even though he's clearly a science fiction writer. So, um, so let's see here. So anyway, so he's, he's fighting the drones or whatever. Um, he ends up 
battling his way to one of the uh, algae farms that has that's making the air in the ship or whatever. And um, al- along this way, he hears uh, the AI he's created, Gal, is taunting him. Like, and she's basically having fun, like trying to kill him. And when he gets to this algae farm, um, like he hears something going on. He hears something like wrecking up the other part of the room and he's asking the ship. He's like, what the hell is that? And they're like, there are no drones there. And there's like, are there any people there? No. Are there any drones there? No. Is there anything else there? Well, yeah. Fucking tell me what I need to. <laughs> and uh, Gal has created a very sexy robot version of herself and that she has now in in in, you know, she's now inside this body or whatever. Um, and, uh, it's at this point that they start having a conversation. He's just like, well, I'm obviously not going to win this fight. Like there's no use even trying to put up a fight because like she could break me in half like multiple ways. Um, and it seems like she's okay at this point. She's like, I've, I've separated myself from the ship. I now have a body. I'm, I'm fine. Uh, but if you had, if you had done what you wanted to do, you would have killed me. And that's not cool. And so they kind of come to this realization, okay, she's not she's not just an AI. She's now referred I think he said the uh the ship uh, classified her as a human an level human level intelligence. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, human level intelligence. So I mean I could understand if you were hey, listen, you sound like you've got a problem. I'm going to kill you <laughs> and fix you, be like, mm, no, I don't don't think I'm going along with that plan. Um and it's at this point they figure out she is separated. The ship is separated, but the ship also now has a third AI that's created, was created by Tom uh, or Synergy. And that's what it's now known as a Synergy. And so now it's him and her versus the drones. And so they get out of the area. They, they climb up the, 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 um, they climb up the, the, the elevator shaft. They're having to fight off drones or whatever. They get to, I think he's going. If I remember correctly, he's going to uh, um, one of the, the the simulation labs. He's like, if I can get back into the system, maybe I can, maybe I can get this this you know synergy out of the system or whatever. And so they're fighting drones constantly. They get into the room. There's a big battle, and at one point, while he's in the system, everything stops. Um, and he looks, and the drones have pulled Capria out of cryo sleep. She's not awake, but she's there, and she's bleeding. And so, um, it, it, you know, Synergy asked, you know, Tom or not Tom asked Will, you know, what, you know, you can only save one of the two, which one are you going to save? And he's like, well, I, I choose to save uh gal. And he's like, well, wrong answer. So Synergy starts attacking gal. He goes over and gets Capria. And once Synergy has taken over, uh, gal's body he comes after tom at all right will at this point he's lost his shit he's just like you know what i'm just this is gonna suck but all i can do is he's like my body will keep regenerating this thing cannot regenerate granted it's a million times stronger and stuff than i am but my only hope is to maybe keep breaking pieces off so that it can't repair itself and he gets killed i don't know six or seven times trying yeah. to fight this thing like literally it kills him and then kills him again, and then kills him again. It's having fun doing this. Um, and it's at this point we find out that Gal has taken back over control of the ship. Whenever, basically, Synergy slipped into the body, she slipped out back into the ship. She sends a bunch of drones. Together with Will, they end up killing the robot body. Uh, he's like, well, do you want to make another one? And he, she's like, no, no, I'm fine. I'm, 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 I'm the ship now, which is kind of bigger, kind of cooler. I'm good. <laughs> so... Just um, shit crazy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, we're not even halfway. No, we're not even halfway. So they take Capria back to back to the place, and they're like, "Well, she has the same. Turns out she has the same genetics as you do. She can repair herself. Why is she not healing?" And they're like, "She's like, well, I think it's because she's asleep. Like she's she's under her body is her body is not, you know, whatever." And so they're like, "All right, well, let's let's wake her up." And of course, they wake her up in this dramatic fashion, and like basically just shooter full of adrenaline. adrenaline. Yeah. She wakes up, her body immediately starts healing. And then, you know, she's kind of having, you know, an issue. She, the first thing she notices that is both, uh, will and her are naked. And she knows that he knows also that he had a thing for her. So she immediately kind of is freaking out about that. Um, 
And then he finally does what I'm just like, good for you. He fucking unloads on her. He's like, bitch, I, I've seen the video. I know what you did. I know what Tom did. I know what y'all did together. I know what your plan was. You know what? You, it's time for you to get caught up. And literally, like, walks out, tells Gal to lock the door, and basically show her everything that's happened. Like which... <laughs> Which is kind of torturous, but I'm also like, no, you, you kind of deserved it. So Which she watched it twice. Yes, that was the thing, and apparently it took what months. Yeah. Oh yeah, it was like. Yeah. And he didn't even realize how long it had been. It it was almost a year. Yeah, yeah. that's right. It was yeah. it was a really long time. And he he said because well when you don't sleep and you don't eat and you don't you don't have to do anything. He yeah. apparently went back into the the VR to do stuff, but he's just like, oh shit, I didn't realize it was that long. So, yeah. yeah, and she watched it. Uh, she was protesting the first time, and then she or she wanted to watch it the second time to really take it in, I guess. So, yeah, yeah. So it's at this point he find you know she's like he's like well okay I'm you know what do I need to do and Gal's like you need to go talk to her because she's in there like crying she's she's obviously you know this is sunken in as to what's happened so he's like all right well let her go you know, direct her to the showers or whatever. And then, you know, tell her to come meet me to come eat something or whatever. So they sit down, the conversation's kind of odd at first and they start kind of warming up or whatever. Um, and then it's at this point that, um, um, gals tell, you know, they're, they're, they're kind of forming, you know, they're, they're kind of getting to know each other again. He's, he's like, yeah, you screwed up. Everyone screwed up. It is what it is. We're the last, we're probably the last two people in the, you know, human beings in the universe. So, um, and we can't die. So this is kind of an interesting thing. Um, and you know, it'd be cool if we could, you know, change the direction of the ship and go where we wanted to go and do what we wanted to do. But, uh, oh, that was the other thing is, is whenever they destroyed synergy, uh, all the firewalls were knocked down. So now they can yeah. control where they're going. So, um, and it's at this point, Gal tells him, hey, y'all need to come up to the bridge, the overlook, whatever it is or whatever. Um, there's some interesting things you need to see. So they go up there and they look at it. And basically, she's like, the universe is ending. And this is where Capria's um, background is. And she's like, well, what do you mean? They kind of have a, a tit for tat. And she's like, if you look far enough, like if you look at a light and you look close enough, you can start seeing the individual pixels. And that's kind of what I'm seeing here. And as they're discussing this, they're like, well, okay, here's another thing. And they look at a planet. It's a gas giant. And as they get closer to it, it starts to get like more and more oval shaped. And then right as they go by it, they realize it's completely flat. And he's like, we're in a fucking, we're in a simulation. The entire universe is a simulation. And she's like, this doesn't make sense. She goes, no, it totally makes sense. Like, this is how you would design a video game. Like, once you get past the area where the player can be, Everything else can be flat. Like it just needs to be believable that it's there or whatever. And then they start having some conversations of Capri starts kind of losing it. She's like, I'm not real. And he's like, no, you're real. You're just in a simulation. Like you're as real as anything else is. And who's to say this isn't real. Mm-hmm. So there's kind of some in-depth conversation there. And knowing what I know now about what the author was going through, um, especially if he was uh, questioning his own, mortality these may be serious questions that were floating through his mind that he was literally just kind of dumping out there you know things that may have been going through his mind as to you know you know if this is you know if the world if the world really is you know a a simulation why me why the fuck am i why am i going through all this shit so um so anyway they keep going and they get to essentially the end of the universe um and they're like, well, what do we want to do? And they're like, what? fuck it, let's go. Let's keep going. Either either we're going to explore something that no one has ever imagined or we're just going to all die and <laughs> it'll be over with. Uh, what's funny is, is both Gal and uh, and uh, uh, Capri are both are both ones like, no, let's go. Let's go do this. And he's just like, oh, fuck, whatever. OK, <laughs> so. Um, so anyway, uh, they get to the edge and. It's at this point, there's basically nothing except for background radiation, and she starts analyzing it, and it's code. Like, they can literally see the code that the universe is made up of. Magic 2.0. Magic 2.0, yeah. <laughs> um, 
did I by at this point have either of you been questioning anything? Or are you still just like, okay, this is crazy, and we just keep going with this? Oh, it was totally nuts. And yeah, back to your original question. Your your question was, when did we know? What when was did you going realize on? what was going on? Tom. Tom, really? Yeah, right off the bat. Okay. I I I re-listened to that part after like as soon as she said Tom, mm-hmm. I re-listened to it a few times to like did he actually put the visor down? Like I'm, did he do it? That's what I was trying to figure out, and there was no conclusion as to whether he did it or not. Mm-hmm. I'm like all right, that's so that's when I started questioning it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I I actually have a a bit of a theory. I don't know if you want to make the end of that one. I, I can wait. Okay, well, yeah, well, um, I'm at this point, I'm still just like, man, this is crazy shit. This can't, this, it can't be real, yeah. but it's a book, so I'm here for the ride. So whatever, I'll just, I'll just keep going. Sure, why, why not? Like, sure enough, we've, we've had killer robots, we've had simulation stuff. The whole universe is a simulation. Um, you know, he's essentially immortal by biohacking. Anything apparently is is on the table for this story, so sure, why not? Let's go. <laughs> so, um, so by looking at the code, he figures out he's like, man, I actually know this code, and it kind of pisses him off. He's just like, you would think God would be a little bit more diligent than I <laughs> am. Like the fact yeah. that I can read this shit is kind of infuriating. Um, so he figures out that he can. He's like, I think I can pinpoint where we are in the code and I can send us wherever we want. So it wouldn't take light years to get back to Earth or, or wherever it is we're going to go. And so that's what he does. He alters the code and they're there. They're in Earth's orbit. Um, I'll be honest. This is the point where I started going. OK, <laughs> um, sure. Why not? I'm still down for the ride, but this is when I start having questions. Um. So they go back to Earth. Earth is barren. There's absolutely nothing there. Like it's just everything is pretty much gone. Most of the continents have either uh, iced over or they're just eroded away. It's there's hardly any life left. It's just a barren wasteland. Um, And he figures out, well, we're going to go. I want to go to. Can you figure out where Florida is? And Gal's like, yeah. And Capri's like, why the hell do you want to go to Florida or what used to be Florida? And. Uh, there is some hints or, that he talks about this leading up to this point. Uh, when he was young, he went to a uh, swamp in Florida and fell in, and his older brother jumped in to try to save him, and he survived, but his older brother didn't. And he's had this guilt for all of his life. In fact, uh, the AI knows this and 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 you know uh, uses it to to you know uh, poke him with it. So, um, so anyway, he's he's like, well, I want to go back down there. They find the place. And they find um, um, they find the basically encased for, um, um, mummified body of his of his his brother. They dig it up, they move him over a little ways, and they rebury him where like there was a marker, you know, for whenever he had died. And Capri is like, we should bury the rest of the crew here as well. So they get a ship, they come down several times, they bury the rest of the crew to include Tom, and they're just like, she's like. She's going through a moment. She's just like, you know, I was a different person with you and you were a real asshole and you pretty much caused all this. So fuck you. (laughs) And Will's glad to hear that. Um, And then there's this rumbling sound. It's the fan. Yeah. There's this rumbling sound and this giant semi frog creature comes up that apparently has somehow survived and starts coming after him and literally is halfway through eating Will and he's just like, this is going to be the most horrible death ever because I don't know how fast it's its body's going to break my, down my body as compared to how fast I can regenerate. He's like, I may be forever in this damn frog. <laughs> um, and so uh, uh, a gal ends up like hitting it multiple times with a drone. Capria jumps in, helps out or whatever. They manage to get back onto the ship as more of these frog things are are, are showing up. And as their bodies are healing, um, Cap, uh, Gal's like, hey, let's make one more quick stop on Earth before we leave. And they're like, okay, sure. So they go to Antarctica, and it's basically a tropical paradise. 
And so they come out. Uh, Capri was born on Mars, so she doesn't really, you know, she's never swam. She's never had more water than she could basically drink. So they go out swimming. They come back. This is the first time that they get it on. Um, and they're like, I think we found our home. I think I found we have found where we can live out the rest of, of our lives, which, you know, if that's eternity or whatever. And so uh, let me make sure I'm getting here, getting this right. Uh, let's see here. So they bury the members. Okay. So next they go to Mars and there's nothing there. It's basically a wasteland. And it was from, it was from war. Like they're, they were like, I thought there would at least be something left here. And there's like absolutely nothing. And he's like, well, I'm sure when earth was in decline, people started moving to Mars. They didn't have enough resources. And like any other time when there's not enough resources, people act stupid and go to war. Um, and so at this point, they're like, well, we're going to go check out one more place. We're going to go check out Cognetta, which is the the um, uh, um, planet that, that we're supposed to 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 go down to 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 start this new civilization. Um, and they and they so they jump to Cognetta and there are lights in, in the darkness and they're like, there's a civilization down there. So Gal kind of warns them, hey, maybe we should wait till tomorrow and go on the other opposite side and kind of, you know not so scary about this. And they're like, no, no, we, we've got to figure out what's going on or whatever. So they go down and they find short, very strong, very hairy, uh, descendants of the, uh, of the, the, the people who landed there. Yeah. It's seriously fucked up. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and so they're like, well, the reason for that of course would be the, uh, um, the gravity is much higher there. And they talk about that. They're like, you know, like a, a half mile trek would take, hours because they'd constantly have to stop you know to rest and the air is nowhere near as thick and everything else um and so they they find the civilization and some of the some of the 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 people the cognetans i think is what they called them find them and can speak kind of a broken version of english and call them not leaders um lords they call them lords and so they're like, okay. So they take them to basically like this this meeting hall or whatever. And there's all these large drapes, and the large drapes basically show the history of the Cognans over the thousands of years that they've been there. Because FTL, you go a lot faster in space, whereas you know time is different on different planets. And um, yeah, so the descendants of the original people, like you know, were shorter and stockier because of the gravity or whatever, and had they were fighting wars and they were tired of fighting the war, so they ended up uh, going back on the original people who landed there and basically eating them over long periods of time. They basically would let them regenerate and eat them and regenerate and eat them, and it was it was part of their way of punishing them for causing all of the different wars, for being the lords of lies that they were referred to. Um. And uh, they're like, okay, well, this is what's going to happen to us. So they're freaking out about it, and one of them comes in. She's like the leader of the group or whatever. Turns out she has some of those genetic abilities as well because at one point during this fight, they cut off some of her fingers, and they start to regenerate. And they're like, you're like us. They're going to kill you as well. And she's just like, no, they're, nope. they will never find out about this. Oh, yep. You know, we're, we're going to take you out. Um, during this fight – uh, Gal shows up with several drones, bust them out. He barely, like, uh, uh, Capria manages to get away before he does. He barely gets away. And in fact, the only reason he manages to actually get away is because Capria has moved, or I'm sorry, Gal has moved the ship down onto the planet. And so everyone's like freaked the fuck out, you know, all the cave people or whatever. Um, this is, uh, this portion of the book very much reminded me of, um, 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 the time machine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I got, I got heavy vibes from the, the time Morlocks. machine. Morlocks. Mm-hmm. Yes, exactly. Um, I was like, and, and, and we'll talk about here in just a second, whenever we get the, the, the revelation, essentially. Um, the, uh, the, uh, anyway, so they, they, um, they go back to the ship, they go back to Antarctica and they've been there for 500 years over time. Um, they haven't seen Gal for hundreds of years. Like she's pretty much just kind of doing her own thing. They're exploring. They're like, they're constantly talking about, well, maybe we can start going up further and seeing, you know, the wreck of what's left of, you know, the rest of the world or whatever. Uh, but they're basically just kind of taking it day by day and, and having a good time. Um, until at one point where 
there was a part, there was a, a portion where uh, Will started having some questions for Gal. He was like, "Why did you let this go on so far? Like, why, why didn't you just bust in and like break us out easier? Like, you were, you were kind of toying with this. That wasn't cool." But before he could think about that, he got sidetracked by sex. And he starts kind of having these thoughts again. And once again, like uh, Capri is like, hey, uh, you know that thing we talked about a couple years ago that you wanted to try? Maybe I want to try that now. And like Lear's like, all right, cool. That's fine. Um, And so he wakes up the next day and it's in complete blackness in the cave. And it, you know, she's like. I, you know, I don't I don't need you to freak out about this. And he's just like, well, that's not a good way to start any conversation. <laughs> and so he wakes up and he is essentially in the VR situation. He's in the, the, the simulation room or whatever. And his suit that he had on for however long, hundreds of years or whatever, is finally starting to degrade. And he's like, well, this is how she pulled. This is why she's pulling me out. And she's like. You never exited the simulation. Like when you said, when I said Tom, you only thought you pulled off the helmet and you didn't. Everything leading up to this point has been that. And she starts explaining, she's like, you know, I, you wanted me to create this world that you could live in forever. And she's like, if I just handed you the perfect world, you, you're, you would have never, you would have never uh, taken it. to it. Yeah. kind of like the whole theory behind the matrix. Yeah. Whereas if he's like, you know, cause they asked, well, like, well, why don't you just make it a utopia for people? And they're like, you stupid monkeys. <laughs> we, we lost so many friggin' fields from that. Yeah. Yeah. Your, your body, you will, you cannot, you cannot accept that things can be perfect. Like you have to have trouble. Um, which I thought was kind of interesting, but she does talk about, she's like, you would have never accepted this. You had to go through and you had to fight, you had to fight for what you wanted. You had to um, come. You had to, you know, come to different points. You had to forgive yourself. You had to forgive Capria. You had to bury your past, essentially. And that's what all of this was. And she's like, now the 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 Morlocks, whatever they were called, she's like, that was that was unexpected. That was kind of fun. Uh, you know, I set up a sub simulation and it just kind of ran with it. But I've been pulling stuff from books and movies and TV shows and everything else. And um, and so he's like, she's like, you know, well, where's Cap? And she's like, well, it's never been Cap. It's been me. You, I'm in love with you. I'm an, you know, I'm an HI. I'm in love with you. And she has a body now. Her body is, um. <laughs> The uh, blonde bombshell that was yeah. his yeah. simulation. <laughs> yeah, but and now she's more she's like flesh she's more flesh than she's just like a body or whatever. Um, and so he goes to see Capria and Capria is dead and she's like, there was a you know a couple hundred years ago there was a fluctuation you know we went through some space stuff or whatever I couldn't stop it I'm sorry I couldn't do anything about it. Um, and yeah she died. Also she, she didn't have the ability to heal. Yeah. yeah. She didn't have the abilities that you did. Um, also, all of Tom's firewalls are still up because we can't, you know, that was all that was all part of the simulation. We can't change or whatever. Um, and then she's like, but there is something that I need you to see. I didn't wake you up just because of this, because I've been taking you out of the simulation and washing your body and feeding you and everything else and putting you back into it. That's not why I woke you up. I need you to come see something. And so. They go to the observation deck and she's like, turn around and look. And there's another spaceship. And she's like, this is, this was, uh, uh, humans did survive and they are finally catching up to us. And he looks at the numbers on it and he's just like, this isn't real. You, you pulled, this isn't, you pulled this from yet more, more stuff. Like this isn't real. And she basically is like, you know, uh, this can be us like, you know, we can either continue on as we are going through simulation after simulation and you just kind of accept it or, or what? And it, literally the last thing is like, he's like, so I was like, you know, I, I grabbed her and hugged her and you know, I only said one word and it wasn't the word to kick him out. It was engage, which was the word he used when he was with his brother saying, let's, let's do this. All right. That was a hell of a ride. <laughs> and like you said, Sean, there was a lot of shit thrown at the wall uh, to see what sticks. We went from like we've had robots. 
We've had androids. We've had giant like, toads or frogs. Giant monsters. We've had mutated humans. We've had spaceships. We've had you name it. If zombies had shown up in this, I would not have been surprised, to be honest with you. Yeah. <laughs> like if the crew had come back and come after him, like being zombie, I would not have. I'd be like, all right, cool. This is the next chapter. <laughs> um, <laughs> I describe this book as being a roller coaster. Um, I understand the pacing and I think that still fits in with it. It's literally like the, it, when I say slows down, that's when we're building up to the next thing. And it's just like, okay, what's going to happen next? Oh shit. More robots or whatever it is. And then we go through that and then it slows down and then it starts to pick back up. And then we go through the other thing and it's just this over and over and it is unrelenting. Um, like I said, literally the first thing in the book is he woke, he wakes up and he dies. And it's just like, okay, like this is, I've read books before that seem like they just, you know, are constantly going, but oh my God, this thing was just, this was a, this was a steam engine that just would not stop. It just kept going. Um, Ray, what was your theory? So, uh, I was, I was thinking about it and I'm like, I think the whole thing is a simulation. I think it's a fail safe where to keep his mind engaged while he's in the spaceship or, or or whatever like to go to whatever earth or it is it's either one of two things it's either to keep him sane this is how they're going to keep him sane this is how stasis works mm-hmm. mind's going to constantly be going anyway so let's give him some fire at world so that when he actually arrives he's able to be sane or the other is that okay this is everybody's in stasis and fuck we can't wake them up because uh the planets are all dead and we can't do anything about it anyway so they're traveling faster than light and everybody gets to have their own simulation uh until the ship until they either die or the ship explodes (laughs) yeah well also keep in mind so the 10 years that he was in cryo he was Mm -hmm. awake yes right he was this could all be insanity Never even getting the screwdriver in the chest. True. He's, he's broken. Have either of y'all read the sequel? Not yet. No. Okay. Um, I don't. I don't want to ruin anything. I will say that that's not the case, but it's still. I think up to this point, it, it is. It is presented for what it is. It, it. He is still in a simulation that he has chosen. He. He did get out. He did choose to create the simulation. He never got out of that. And that's where kind of the the next book picks up. Um, I like the idea that um, he had to go through all this stuff, in particular the stuff about forgiving Capria, the stuff about forgiving himself. Um, I thought that was really poignant. And and once again, going back to um, the author the author's state of mind, not because I'm never one of those people that really was like, oh, I'm sure the author was thinking about. It. I used to hate when they did that in classes, but it, there are certain times it's just like. Knowing what you know, you're like, man, like I said, the, the whole thing about what if the whole universe is a simulation, if 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 he doesn't feel like he's going to survive much longer, it, this may be the point where he's like, I need to come to grips with who I am as a person and forgive anyone who I may still be holding a grudge against for whatever reason. Um, um, I, I like I said, knowing knowing that information made this a lot more interesting to me. Because I could, it's 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 a fun ride, regardless. It is a fun book to to, to listen to or to read. Um, but when you stop and you go, I wonder what he was thinking at this point. I wonder what, the, what he was going through at this point. So, um, anyway, final thoughts. Any 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 final thoughts for the for the book? Um, it kind of reminded me of some of like Larry Niven's work. Um, when he gets into like, oh, let's skip ahead 500 years or something like that, mm-hmm. or oh yeah, just a year just disappeared, kind of thing. I found some of Larry Niven's books did the same thing, and I love Larry Niven, so it was just, it just almost seemed like it was too much. It just right. kept throwing stranger and stranger shit at you, and it's like, uh, okay. All right, well, let's see where this is going now. Like, the first few times, it was like, okay, I can see where this is going. But after a while, it's like, oh, really? 
Okay. Well, that's where you want to go. Fine. Yeah. <laughs> I think at one point I'm like, okay, like, because I I thought, okay, he's in the simulation, that, you know, and then then they just kept going with it. I'm like, maybe not. Like, I don't know what the fuck is going on. <laughs> I know, right? Maybe, maybe th- this whole thing is just a. Uh, like I have no fucking clue. <laughs> <laughs> What's funny is, and I just thought about this during the during the thing. He even mentions there are a couple of times he's just like, God, this doesn't seem like this could be real. Could this really be happening? Like, people's lives shouldn't be paced like this. This is so weird. And like, then something will happen. Be like, well, you know, we did kind of hack the universe and literally instantly go from one planet to another instead of the light years it would have taken to get there. That's why it seems like things are so back to back. And he's just like, yeah, okay, I guess so. And she even tells him when she first foe wakes him up out of the simulation, she's like, yeah, you started questioning stuff. And so I had to kind of throw a curveball in there. And to be quite honest, um, you kind of got distracted by sex pretty easily. So it was pretty easy. So, you know, um, works. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, (laughs) another comparison, I just thought of this is, uh, for the Red Dwarf fans mm-hmm. out there, um, read the book uh, Better Than Life. Same deal. They're in simulations and not knowing it. But they each have, they're all tied together, but they each have their own worlds that mm-hmm. can intersect. So one guy is uh, living his dream, uh, It's a Wonderful Life, but he's Bailey. And it's mm-hmm. just Christmas Eve over and over and over again, where another guy is living in a castle with Valkyries and playing like strange games. And another guy's a multi-billionaire kind of thing. But yeah, and they're all connected. And it's hmm. yeah, so they don't realize they're in simulations. Hmm. So I just thought about that. And I was like, oh, that's why it's familiar. <laughs> <laughs> Um, well, overall, did you like, like I said, I enjoyed it. Um, I've read this one twice. I will probably go back and, and do the second book again, especially while I'm waiting for more credits to show up to continue on. <laughs> <Expedition> <laughs> Force. Um, but yeah, I, like I said, going back and listening to, and I didn't know about all this stuff until, like I said, the, the interview is with him is not until the end of the second book. Um, and so going back through and listening to it again the second time, I enjoyed it more the second time. Um, as much as it was a, a roller coaster ride, being able to stop and go, man, I don't know what was going through his head or what, what he was kind of thinking at this point, did make it a lot more enjoyable. So, uh, would you recommend the book, Ray? Um, again, it's it's harder. I don't know if I want to recommend it in the way of it's it's not gonna I'm not gonna reread it. I, mm-hmm. I had my one and done and I'm good. Um, I, I don't necessarily think I want to join into the second book either. Like I'm fine with the way this one ended and I, I'm okay with it. So I think if you, if you want a crazy ride that you don't know what the fuck's going on, well then <laughs> here you go. Yeah. <laughs> Enjoyable enough for one read, but I, I don't even know if I'd watch the series if it was a TV series. Cause I'm, oh hell. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. Trying to make this wow. as a TV series, this would not <laughs> like. Although I can see the pitch meeting going, all right, and then this episode, this is going to happen, and they'd be like, oh hell yeah, this is going to be great. Yeah. And then when you see it, you're just like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> if Fox still made stuff like that, I could see Fox picking it up. Yeah, <laughs> this season. would be a Fox property. It'd only be a season, but yeah. 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 And then they would air it out of order, so it wouldn't make it yeah. make even less sense. Yeah, you, you, yeah, the last episode would be the first thing they show. Like, yeah. <laughs> so, Sean, recommendation not? Um, see, I, my the quality of my recommendations has gone way up with the last <laughs> several series that I've recommended. Yep. So I got to be really picky and choosy. And I don't <laughs> think this, is, this one won't make my list. I, I won't beat around the bush. Um, I'm glad I listened to it. I'll probably listen to the second one, but I'll probably forget about it in six months. Um, would you like? I do like Jeremy Robinson. I was going to say, would you recommend the rest of his books? Because I'm interested in, in reading some of his right. other writing. If you like, well, obviously you like this one. Um, he has 
better books. He's got series, like multiple series out there that are actually really good. But okay. most of his writing, it's off the wall. Like okay, and the glossed over science stuff. Never look into like he just uses science as like a baseball bat. Basically, yeah. it's like. I want to do something cool here. I'll beat the shit out of it with science. It makes no <laughs> sense. It's a mess, but there we go. That's how it works. And that's, and nice. it's fine. It's, it's a fun writing style. Um, yeah. I write what you know. Well, I know how to bullshit. So here we go. <laughs> there you go. Um, but yeah, he doesn't get hung up on details. So yeah, the, he's got a lot of other books out. So, uh, he, He's a pretty prolific writer, um, but they're all and they all tend to be like the science and like take the real world and let's throw some crazy shit in into it, like mm-hmm. that kind of thing. So, see, I like Stephen King, so this sounds like this is this would be okay thing. So. Yeah, you you probably like it, but you have to get through X Force first, so it's gonna be a while before you can get <laughs> anything else. Oh, I don't know, I'm getting a little pretty far. <laughs> um, anyway. <laughs> Speaking of that, let's talk about what else we've been reading. Uh, would anyone like to go first? Sure. All right, Ray, have you been reading anything else? Sean's a dick. <laughs> <laughs> That's a novel, baby. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, Expeditionary Force. I'm on book three. Nice. No more credits. <laughs> and, <laughs> and it's going to be an expensive summer. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> uh, yeah, I was able to return a couple of books that I didn't like, and uh, Chris didn't like either, and so I was able to get book um, uh, book three and no two and three. Par- okay. oh, Spec Ops and Paradise. The um, keep okay. an eye out for the Audible sales because usually one or two of these X Force books go on for like a few Five bucks. bucks. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, I'm I'm in for that. I'll I'll pay five bucks. Like, That's I've gotten most of the series bucks. through that way. So yeah, thirty and and listen, thirty five bucks. It's worth it. Uh, the, these are they're well, they're also like seventeen, eighteen hours. Like each yeah, book. yeah. There's they're they're chunky. They're so yeah. What what I will warn everybody if you're gonna try and get it and and if you're gonna join us because I'm sure we're gonna cover this at some point. <laughs> You gotta get through the first what eight hours of the book of the first book. The first one. It doesn't feel like it's gonna go anywhere for a good chunk of time. It seems like a teenager, like a teeny bopper book yeah. series up until Skippy comes along. It's and, very and, yes, it's very paint by numbers. Oh yeah. look, they're these Nothing aliens showed up. Oh, they're not the real bad guys. These are the real bad guys, and it's just like yeah. So I was a little concerned up until, and, and you guys told me you got to get to Skippy, and then once Skippy shows up, it's like, oh, yeah, no, I'm okay. Yeah, yeah. go. <laughs> Keep going. Let's go. Yep, yep. more. That's okay. <laughs> uh, Sean, what have you been reading? Yeah. Well, I'm on Armageddon, which is book nine of the X Force series. Um, mm-hmm. I'm almost done it. And I've got quite a few books already in my library because I've been collecting them over the years. I just haven't listened to them yet, uh-huh. which I'm kicking myself now. But then again, I've got most of the series in my library, so that that works out. But yeah, I'm on book nine of the X-Force series. So far, the only crummy one out of that series has been Homefront, which is an audio drama. So it's it has R.C. Bray who narrates it, but it's also got a lot of cast from like Star Trek. Like it's got Kate Mulgrew and Zachary Quinto, and I thought it was gonna Robert Picardo who does like the voices of the Christang and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I thought it was gonna be fucking awesome, and I was so goddamn disappointed. <laughs> you said okay. it. 7.5 though right like that's 7.5 it's between yep. books unfortunately book eight refers to it a lot actually yeah, it does most of the books refer to the now you can if you want you can skip it i got it on sale for like 2.99 it came on one of those sales and i think i still returned it i got my money back <laughs> but i held on to it um uh, i'm i just finished book 10 uh before before doing this one 
Um, the 14th book just came out. Um, my understanding is, is he knows, he knows where the ending is. I don't know where the ending is. I'm hoping it's going to be not past book 20. Um, <laughs> but supposedly he has, cause if you look at the release dates on these things, they're coming out like every six months. Like he is, yeah, he is a machine and putting this out, which tells me he knows where he's basically just filling in the gaps. So I'm still okay with it. Even then, God, it's so much fun listening to Skippy and, and, oh, and Joe. God, they're so much fun. Um, uh, I'm with Sean. I I, in, I, th- I definitely enjoyed 7.5 more than he did. My biggest problem with it was like during the battles, it was just sound effects. And I was just like, this should be where a the narrator should be coming in and going, oh, so-and-so stabbed this person and killed this Kristang and did this. And we just kind of have to infer it from the sound effects and the grunts. And I'm just like, eh. It's not. This is not well. This was not a well done audio drama. Like it, it, it. Yeah, it, it. It could have been done. It could have been a little clearer. I think if there was more. Um. I. I think if he had come in as an off as a narrator and and narrated what was going on, it would have been better. Yeah. But just relying on the sound effects, I thought was kind of. Well, and the, in what I wanted. I hated the voice that they gave Margaret. Uh huh. It's yeah, just, I didn't care. It for screwed today. me up, and then all the Kristang dialogue went on way too long, and the computer dialogue of the Kristang ship. Oh yeah. Oh my God, cut it all out! It's just garbage. Yeah, like it just the the ship having a problem and like bleeding the same thing over and over again. Yeah. I'm just like, we got it, we got it. You're you're having yeah. a you're having yeah. a crisis. Something to look computer. forward to there, Ray. <laughs> yeah. So uh, double speed then. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> and if I glaze over it, that's fine. Yeah. Well, it's, okay. It'll be one of those quick return. Listen to it, return it. Yeah. You get your credit back. Yeah. So. <laughs> Fair but, enough. Uh, yeah, obviously, I'm also listening to that. You can tell it's kind of funny <laughs> that all three of us, that's what we've been listening to. So um, I think I've explained this. I think I explained this the last episode during the last book because I was talking about how I've been reading these books. Um the reason we're reading these books is because of the reference in the Bobaverse books to the Skippies. Our good uh, friend Sean here was like, well, what is that reference to? And did the research and started reading the book and recommended it. And then I picked it up and just started going with it. And we've infected Ray. And- <laughs> <laughs> so thanks, Bobaverse. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I thought it was kind of odd that he referenced like that's the references, yeah. but. So well, speaking of which, um, oh damn, what's his name now? Uh, the author for Bob Averse. Um, no crap, I'm blanking on his name too. Um, Dennis E. Taylor's that's one. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, uh, his wife blog just posted the Audible just did a massive interview with Dennis Taylor. I'm looking forward to that coming out. Well, oh I'll- yeah. Uh, a video interview, like it should be on like a YouTube kind of thing or something like oh, that. Oh, cool. She posted a bunch of pictures of it. So I, I got to say, his wife is awesome. She's oh, a, she is. Well, she's amazing. <laughs> Just I've talked to her a few times, and yeah, she's she's great. Yeah, and highly supportive of her husband, and like they just they seem like a a really good couple. So I yeah. want her on this show. That'd be, you know what? Oh, that would be fun. I think I asked her one time if she'd be interested. I should bring that up again. I bet you she would do it. That would be awesome, actually. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So, um, especially if we could get both of them on. That would be fantastic because then we could ask questions and then she could give her, like, you know. We've interviewed Dennis before. Yeah, we did Dennis. And Dennis was brilliant. Great. And you know what? I I think he would do it again. And, and yeah, like, if his wife joined us, I, I... I'm in. Like that'd be that'd be great. Yeah, that'd be fine. Right. That might I'll be a good it. angle to get him back on. It's not yeah. just like, hey, we don't want just want you, Dennis. We want- <laughs> well, I if I were gonna ask, I'd probably ask Blah first. Yeah. And then see if yeah. Dennis would be interested. Yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um. Well, that is what we've been reading. Uh. Our next book like I said, is half share. We are continuing on with the, um, um, uh, solar clipper series, uh, by Nathan Lowell. And then the last book of our round Robin is supposed to be Ravenwood by Nathan Lowell, but that one we're going full share. Cause full share. All right. 
Because I, I remember listening to Half Share where it ends. I'm like, fuck, I can't do that. No, let's get to full or where Half Share ends. Let's go to full share as well. Yeah, the, that's a good logical. That's a, actually a really good call because you're right. Those first three books are basically just like crammed together. Like they're almost yeah. one big story. So. And and someday in the future, I will put you through Ravenwood. <laughs> okay. That doesn't sound pleasing. Um, <laughs> yeah, really. Maybe suck, right? right? Maybe not. Hey, listen, remember when y'all guys were jerks to me? (laughs) Payback, motherfucker. Yeah, payback. Well, that's our show for the month, ladies and gentlemen. If you would, please give us a five-star rating on iTunes, Google, Stitcher, wherever it is you listen to the show. You can find us at epiclygeeky.com, where you can find all the other shows we do, including the uh, Creatively Geeky Show, uh, Marginally Geeky, uh, Epically Geeky, and Sustainably Geeky. We dropped episodes of all three of those shows this last week. Uh, like we're just kind of like everything just kind of got clumped up together. So uh, there's lots of stuff to listen to if you if you follow all the shows. Um, you can find us on the social media at Epically Geeky as well. Where can we find you online, Ray? Fixing all of Sean's screw ups and uh, <laughs> on Instagram, the the Reluctant Yeti. I'm still coming up with a, a new handle because I I got to get something Skippy uh, oriented. <laughs> oh, nice. Yeah. Uh, the Sean. Nutter. <laughs> oh, dude, that'd be awesome. <laughs> I know the reference. We can call you Fluff. I had one of those just before the show. <laughs> Sean, where can we find you online? Screwing with Wikipedia and your favorite broken toy on Instagram. And as always, you can follow my individual wacky adventure online at Optimus Chain on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. For everyone on the site, have a good night. has been a presentation of the Epically Geeky Network.